Are you living your best life as a salesperson or entrepreneur? Or do you find you're working all the time on this hamster wheel of life while stressed out and not financially free, which is the exact opposite of what you had signed up for, especially now in this global pandemic? If this is you, you are not alone. I found myself there in 2008 when I lost everything, including my health, and had to pivot working from home for the first time with no money. I rebuilt my life from scratch, juggling motherhood and marriage to get my life back and be recession and pandemic proof today. Now we live laptop lifestyles with our kids and are poised to travel the world together. How did we do it? Join me as I share my health and wealth and wisdom secrets, tips, tools, and expert interviews to equip you to be recession-proof and live your best life. My name is Lois Kofi, and this is Healthy and Wealthy and Wise. Well, all right, all right, all right. Happy Friday for those of you who are tuning in live. It's another Healthy and Wealthy and Wise podcast with Lois Kofi. I'm your host. Week after week, I bring you in my community the best health experts, the best wealth experts, and the best experts that can give you some nuggets of wisdom and getting you to being and becoming your highest and best version of yourselves as salespeople, entrepreneurs, coaches, all of you amazing people that are in my tribe, as you guys know uh, the drill. Um, if you are tuning in on the replay, you can do hashtag replay. If you're tuning in on the live, um, please go ahead and do hashtag live and comment below and let us know where you're tuning in from. Um, we always love to acknowledge you for those of that that show up. And if you are listening to this later in YouTube or iTunes or wherever you find this, just remember, if you want to be inside to interview my guests um, live uh, and meet my guests, join the Healthy and Wealthy and Wise Facebook community. So I'm going to go ahead and move out of the way of greatness. I have an amazing friend and guest on today. David Bear is actually in my mastermind group. I want to throw this out there because you're going to hear me talk about it later. I met David at the Strategic Alliance Summit in January. And oh my gosh, did it change my life. And I decided to get involved and, and be in this amazing mastermind group of, of high-level influencers, of which David is. And he's not only that... Um, he's a theater geek, he's a wine geek, and of course, he's a marketing geek, which is probably the biggest reason we have him here, although we like theater and we like wine in this group as well. He's a partner in the prepared group. So David, I would love for you to share with uh, my audience, my my community, who are you and, and uh, how did you get to be so awesome in doing what you do? I think you totally summarized it all right there. Theater geek, wine geek, and marketing geek. Uh, and I hope we get to talk about the theater and the wine part too, because uh, I love those subjects. Um, well, a quick quick history. So that those that that's actually my career uh, trajectory. I started um, as a stage manager at a college. I worked in the theater industry. I worked at um, at Lincoln Center in New York uh, in in um, uh, in stage management and company management for New York City Opera. And, uh, and worked in the classical music field for a bunch of years and transitioned from doing uh, sort of the behind-the-scenes um, stage management stuff to marketing. And that's really where I got into marketing. And um, I was producing big events, big shows, and I had this passion on the side. I went to culinary school just for fun, not, not for, you know, uh, for recreational purposes only as my friends in the cannabis industry like to say. And, um, and w what, what happened was I got really into wine as I was into food. 
And, you know, New York is a, a pretty dandy uh, food and wine town. And I had lots of opportunity to learn from great people and get access to cool stuff. And so one day I found myself <laughs> probably out of frustration with my, my existing job, applying for jobs in the wine industry. And I landed one. This was on a, a Saturday morning. I was super, super frustrated. You'll, you'll realize how long ago this was in just a moment when I tell you that I was faxing my resume to places. And by Saturday afternoon, I had lined up three interviews for that Monday and landed a job by Wednesday of that week as the um, uh, interim uh, operations manager for a wine importer. And then I became their, their marketing director and, and ran lots of um, large-scale wine tastings and trade shows. Mm. That sounds so good. That, that, that's a little bit of history that will give you some sense of why I do marketing the way I do marketing now. Oh, that's awesome. I just want to give a shout out. We have Sean Waite here live from Hastings, Minnesota, um, one of my good coaching friends. Thanks for tuning in, Sean. Um, and it's kind of interesting. You made me think of something because I love sales and marketing and I, not to your level, I was in the theater and, um, you know, in, in high school and love, mm -hmm. you know, the world is a stage, right? And we have in business, the world is a stage. And yeah. how did you learn and how did you become so successful? I know that's probably like a five to 10 day conversation as opposed to five minutes, but how did you go from theater and, and wine? Happy to talk about that. <laughs> a fan of that, um, mm -hmm. into marketing and, and standing out from the crowd, because I think that's the biggest thing that a lot of people struggle with is how do I stand out? How do I make myself heard, seen, and, and paid, especially in this new normal? Yeah. So, um, well, my first marketing training was years ago at the dawn of email marketing um, back in the mid-90s when people, you know, still had Prodigy and CompuServe accounts and AOL. Can't forget AOL. You've got mail. Um, <laughs> and uh, And learning how to use that new communication medium to convince people to take an action. And so I was watching mm -hmm. my colleagues in the marketing department utilize um, email. And uh, so that was my, my, the beginning of my understanding mm -hmm. of how to position an offer um, was through uh, packaging subscriptions Right, uh, classical music subscriptions. Hey, would you like to sign up for, uh, you know, these these up and coming classical artists kind of thing? And how do you how do you sell something that people don't know that they necessarily want because it wasn't a famous artist we were we were presenting? Um, and how do you convince them? So we had to find other angles to position, you know, um, people who are now uh, big stars, but back in you know 1996 were not not household names. And so we had to be creative. And that was when I first realized, oh, there's, there's, a, there's a process here. There's a method here behind um, crafting the argument. Um, in, in marketing and copywriting, we often talk about positioning and convincing people in a, in a similar sense to the way that a, uh, an attorney in the courtroom might argue on behalf of taking an action and and providing all the underlying reasoning why somebody ought to. And that's when I made that connection initially. Awesome. I always like to call it, I like that lawyer, uh, like also like a private investigator 
right? Yeah. Like turning over all of the the reasons or pain points that people are wanting to buy your stuff. So well, I think I think that's actually in sales. Um, more than in marketing, you are having a conversation around stuff and you're sort of peeling back the layers and agitating, um, you know, the, the problem so that somebody becomes convinced, oh, I need to do this. But that happens conversationally a lot more effectively in sales, obviously. In marketing, you need to do it, it – it's a one-sided conversation where you're presenting something and you have to affect that, um, uh, that thinking in the, in the consumer's mind. Awesome. So, so I'm such a sales coach, right? I'm such a geek. You just made, you just caused my brain to have a, have a moment. Can you define for me and for the audience what your like delineation, the difference between sales and marketing? Like I know they go hand in hand, Yeah. but how do you define the two differently? So I think marketing is much more about um, helping identify that a solution to an existing problem, desire, want, need exists and helping match that solution to the consumer out there who's looking for it or may not even know they're looking for it, guiding them to the point where they are then uh, beginning the sales um, conversation. And the sales conversation may simply be uh, – you're at the checkout page on an e-com site and you, you know, fill up your cart and you, and you, you know, press submit and then that's the sale, right? Mm -hmm. Or it may be a lot more involved. It could be something that has a six month, you know, sales cycle uh, where you're, where you're selling, um, you know, high, high ticket uh, software in, in a, uh, you know, corporate setting, enterprise setting. Um, so sales is really the, how do we take somebody who has raised their hand as a result of the marketing process saying, yes, I'm interested. Tell me more. Okay. The sales then starts with the, we're going to tell you more. And sales is often continued to be supported by marketing through that sales process. Right on. Awesome. Like upsells, cross-sells, downsells. Or, or, or not, not necessarily even those things. It could be, all right, well, thanks for the information. I'll think about it. Great. We're going to keep staying in front of you via marketing now. I love it. Yeah, you're speaking one of my love languages because you know me. I'm the fortune and the follow-up lady. I love, <laughs> I love winning friends and influencing people. And you made me think of like even how simple Jeff Bezos started with – books right in his garage mm -hmm. and yep. his marketing plan had to be brilliant to get people to go to the internet back then it wasn't like a thing yeah. right oh i'm just gonna google or go to amazon that was he he he's now you know one of the top income people in the world so if someone's out there listening and maybe share sharing more of your story too because i know yeah. there's so many different ways to market like where did you begin, was it the internet? Was it direct mail? Was it, and it, you know, I might be dating a little bit. I know you talked about faxing. Um, so can you, can you share or paint a picture of like your progression, what you learned and how you help clients? Sure. So yeah, I, I started, as I, as I said earlier with email, but it really was direct mail um, because in um, the classic music and theater business, it was all about direct mail, sending out the brochure for the season. Right? Then you would try to maximize the amount of subscribers you would get for 
all of the shows that were coming up for that year. And then you would have all these empty seats left that you would then try to fill with single ticket buyers. And so we would do postcard mailings throughout the the balance of the year. That was um, that that was a <laughs> chisel on stone. I love that. <laughs> David started with chisel. And I'm so sorry if I, I can't see your face or your name just because that's how StreamYard can be. This might be your first one. So that's that's awesome. Chisel on stone. Yeah, yeah that's great. <laughs> Although I, now I want to see who that is. I'll figure um, it out. Don't worry. <laughs> keep, keep talking. I'll look it up for you. And uh, I'm going right. to say a quick um, hello to Wilma Brown from Houston. Thanks for tuning in. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, there was, there was all, all that stuff. But the, the medium... And the message um, uh, are really two different things, and you can mm. you can communicate. Oh, there we go! I knew it was you. <laughs> you can you can communicate, and we don't have to reveal to everybody else. But I, I <laughs> anyway, I, just because just because I I called him my arch nemesis yesterday, and I guess he's getting back at me or something. Who knows? <laughs> at least he changed his name back from Lois to Stephen. <laughs> We can get into that in a moment. Um, so the point I was trying to make um, before I was so rudely interrupted by <laughs> Stephen Caffrey <laughs> was um, was that you re- the, the the medium that you're using is really most importantly dependent on who to whom you're communicating with, right? Where they are most likely to receive that message, and so you want to think about the appropriate channels to get in front of the people who matter the most. And that's why mm. um, that's why the better you know and the more narrowly you focus your market, the more effective you can be at making lots of decisions like, what do I say? Where do I say it? <laughs> kind of important things. That's so true because um, I've been seeing a lot of this phrase, be, cer- be seen, be paid, be heard. You know, my journey, I, I never did online marketing before the pandemic and I stumbled and I fumbled and I realized the more I spoke my truth, then the right people showed up. Mm-hmm. So can you maybe speak to that too? I know I love what you said about the medium versus the message. You know, what's the best way for people to get clarity around their message? Cause you're right. You could have the wrong message and bring the wrong people and waste a lot of time and be frustrated and all of that kind of stuff. Well, I think that that there's an efficiency in um, narrowing down who you're speaking to because you get the ability to get their attention, get them to um, trust you more quickly because you're speaking the language they use mm. and say, yeah, this is actually the, the uh, remember, the the marketing job is to make the connection between your solution and their want, need, desire, pain, right? If you are one of many out there, but you are solving the problem for that specific individual as opposed to anybody who you could possibly help, right? They're going to resonate with your message far above everybody else. I'll, I'll give you an example of this. Um, you know that one of the markets that um, that we serve is uh, financial advisors, mm-hmm. and you know for the common person, uh, financial advisor is 
a dime a dozen, inaccessible because I don't have a lot of money. What do I need a financial advisor for? All of those sorts of things, right? Because nobody really understands what they do or, or what the benefit is that, that they get from them. Mm-hmm. But what if you were, as um, this is the, the situation with one of our clients, um, you were a U.S. postal worker and you were thinking about, okay, I'm getting ready for retirement in about six or seven years. I, I have the one of the four plans that I'm allowed to have through the federal government, and I'm really not quite sure what I should do with my money after that because I have to transition it somewhere. And some guy pops up on your newsfeed who is an expert in U.S. postal worker retirement planning. Wouldn't you want to know more from that guy as opposed to the Edward Jones place that you you know pass as you're as you're driving to work? Uh, every week and, and and have no idea what they do except that they do some sort of money thing, mm, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the, the specificity around who you serve, what problem you solve, all of that is critical. Mm. Now, where, where do you where, – what medium do you use? Well, that's, that's the next step. Like where is a postal worker likely to encounter you? It, you know, do you want to be doing lots of big conferences? Well, postal workers probably aren't at conferences showing up to, you know, hear you talk. So maybe that's not that's not the, the channel that you want to go on. But you could target them based on their employer on Facebook. At least you could. Facebook is cutting back on a lot of things you, <laughs> you used to be able to do in terms of targeting. Um, you could also do direct mail. Uh, I bet the postal workers will appreciate that you're supporting their employment. You know? <laughs> Somebody's got to continue paying for postage. So uh, there's lots of um, considerations along the way there. I love that. And you made me think of another question. And guys, this is just a, a quick reminder. Uh, this is always usually, I should say usually, not always, uh, a 30-minute show um, because we really want to pack in a lot of power in a short period of time. Hello, Scott in Minnesota. Welcome, welcome. Scott is a financial advisor, so he probably, uh, he perked uh, up his ears when he heard you talk about that. Awesome. Um, so if you guys have questions, make sure you comment below live. Is, is um, David is super, super successful and has a lot going on on his plate. So sometimes speakers are, will come back in here and, and reply to your comments on the reply. But if you're on live, please, please ask now and take take that opportunity. But there's so many mediums in the in this new normal, this pandemic, like I had a crash course in that myself, not really having much of a LinkedIn presence, not really, to be honest, caring so much about Facebook, like I had a love hate with social media in general, because I was 100% face to face, belly to belly. So when the pandemic hit, I had to figure out, okay, what are my mediums are going to be? And how many can I really command? Like then Clubhouse came and then there's Pinterest and then there's Meetup and then there's, you know, I could go on and on uh, ad nauseum. What do you think is the max capacity or what would you recommend? Because I have a lot of coaches, speakers, authors, couple, you know, some financial advisors in this community. And a lot of them are wrestling with that. And I see a lot of people spreading themselves way too thin in my, in my, you know, guesstimation. Well, since since we're on a podcast officially here, I want I want to speak to that for a moment because um, one of the big podcasters in the early days, who's still very big on on this platform, this medium, uh, is Pat Flynn. Pat mm. talked a lot about in his early days the be everywhere strategy, right? How you take your content and you get it out to every single platform you possibly can. That's not a great idea mm. because ultimately, unless you have an audience everywhere, mm-hmm. and you're trying to reach the masses. 
it's really a waste of time and energy unless you can see that the data behind getting it everywhere tells you that it's being consumed everywhere. And so I typically like to, again, going back to the who are you targeting, where are they most likely to hang out and be receptive to your message, look at two, possibly three channels that you Mm -hmm. focus on. And you put all of your energy into those channels which are specifically chosen to reach that audience you're trying to reach. Awesome. And, And by the way, they shouldn't necessarily be the most obvious channels. If they're the channels that everybody else who does what you do is also trying to communicate, maybe mm. you want to think about – I'm going to tell you a, a story that um, the, the, the famous Dan Kennedy in, in our space shares a lot, um, which is the be in a channel where you're not likely to find any competitors – and you're going to stand out in a big way. And he tells the story about um, he's, he's a, uh, a harness um, racehorse owner. And he um, tells a story about this guy who owns jewelry stores. And every time there's a horse sale where the, 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 the horse owners go and they, they buy the, you know, they, they look at the horses to consider buying one. Um, the conversation typically before the, the guy leaves the house that morning is the wife says to the husband, you're not going to buy another horse, are you? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm just going to look, right? And so what happens is the guy goes and he buys a horse and he has, you know, he comes home with his head hanging low and he has to tell his wife, well, what is he, what, what, what the jewelry store guy decided to do was capitalize on that, show up at these, at these uh, horse sales. And he has beautiful, expensive jewelry available for these guys who just bought a horse to buy for their wife. I bought a horse. But honey, look, I also got this. Nobody else is there competing with this guy. Can you imagine how many tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars he's probably raking in? Oh, brilliant. And it's so <laughs> it's so funny that you mentioned that because can I have a question from the audience based on what you just said? Yeah. So Elizabeth's a, a jewelry uh, designer. So she says, um, I'm working on becoming an influencer to be able to reach my ideal customers. Okay. So go to the horse track is what he's saying. Um, but other than that, do you have any specific advice for artists since you have a creative background? Um, and Elizabeth's awesome. I'm so sorry, Elizabeth. I did. I forgot to put your, your necklace on shame on me. That would have been perfect sales. I can go get it. If you want, David, you can talk. <laughs> I'll, I'll just vamp for you for a little while. Yeah, no, no problem. I'll be right back. Go ahead. Answer that question. <laughs> so I, I think that, that there's a couple of challenges around, you know, um, copying the exact story that I, that I shared. Because obviously, um, dis- based on the description of the type of, um, of jewelry that you create, it may not be appropriate for – you know, the situation with the guy who's trying to bring a fancy, expensive, um, you know, piece of uh, a commodity back to his his wife. But think about where there's an audience for what you do that's outside of the typical craft fair circuit or um, the, you know, the, the retail shops who might um, – uh, you know, be resellers of your stuff, right? And so figuring out, ah, okay. <laughs> so um, so figuring out where your audience is also going to be hanging out, where they're not going to encounter stuff like what you have to offer, that's that's useful to know. So um, 
I, I would say that's that's probably that's probably the best advice I can give without knowing more. <laughs> yeah, and Elizabeth, this just occurred to me, and I'm I'm not uh, you know this is this is up to you, but like if you know other influencers who do podcasts like me, like I'm going to give you a huge shout out. She made me this personal purple rain Prince inspired necklace, one for me and one for my daughter. So if you, if you have connections who have podcasts or YouTube channels who can give you a shout out and be almost like affiliate or joint venture partners out there for you, like, heck, maybe Oprah needs some jewelry, send some to Oprah, right? Sometimes we just got to think bigger, so anyway, some some thoughts from Lois. Yeah, that that I mean, it, hitching your cart to somebody else's horse to keep going with the horse thing um, may make a lot of sense if there is an opportunity. I I remember actually going back to I think it was Pat Flynn again. Um, he actually, gosh, this is. 10, 12 years ago now. So I, I hope my memory is correct. So I'm, I'm probably foggy on this, but he said that the place that, that catapulted his success with his podcast was actually um, having a guest on talking about some subject that he really didn't know very much about. And suddenly he had this expansive audience in this very narrow niche. I don't remember what it was. Um, and, and he was super popular among this audience he wasn't even going after in the first place. So there may be somebody who can just be a super fan of your work who can help support you in front of a, a different audience. And Sean uh, mentioned the, the blue, blue water, blue ocean um, scenario. And I think that's, that's something, if you don't know blue ocean or, or blue ocean strategy, um, that's, a, that's a great uh, couple of books to take a look at. Awesome. So I know <laughs> we're running out of time and until I see another question, I have to ask you, what's your favorite wine? <laughs> conveniently, I, I super conveniently, I happen to have <laughs> this postcard right here. It was it seriously it was just sitting on my desk. Um, this is this is a, a Rioja, um, which is a, a Spanish wine region, mm. uh, and the the producer is called um, Ar Lopez de Heredia, and um, uh, Viña Tandonia is their probably their their most famous wine. Uh, they are a producer from uh, way back in the mid nineteenth century. Uh, a Bordelais family during the phylloxera um, epidemic that uh, spread across Europe, killed all the vines. Um, but in Spain, most of the vines were reasonably healthy. And so this family moved down from Bordeaux, mm. uh, set up shop in in, uh, in Rioja and planted. And uh, they make just beautiful, beautiful aged wines. They're typically um, – they are – holding their wines back because they can, because they've been around for so long, 10 years before they release them. And, and they're just ethereal, layered, delicious. I love it. Well, just so you guys know, the, there's a hidden element of why I was asking David about this, because what I teach and what I've learned after four sales careers um, and even, you know, closing my husband, you know, on a date, right? <laughs> We're always selling. We're always marketing ourselves. And what I love about David today is when I asked him, how do you want me to introduce you? And and please, um, any of my past guests, I am not throwing anybody under the bus. But a lot of times we want to say, oh, I'm a best-selling author or I'm this, that, which is awesome, right? But right away, he says, theater geek, wine geek, marketing geek. And I have to say, you're one of the least stuffy marketing people I've ever met, David. He's he's fun. He does things with his personality and he does things with passion and he shares his personal side, the theater side, the wine side. So I'd love for you to maybe also, because I, I don't know 
uh, you well enough to say that you do that for every podcast episode or whatever, but, but knowing that that personalized side of you shows out, don't you think that's also indirect marketing? Oh, I think that's incredibly critical in marketing um, because you want to draw people to you and also detract people from you. And f- remember this, this, this concept that I think we all know, know, like, and trust. Well, there's some people that you really don't necessarily want to be working with. It's in, in, the, in the consulting process that we go through um, – uh, now I'm going to get stuffy at the prepared group. Um, <laughs> we we help uh, our clients figure out that entire process of positioning your business in front of the right prospect. And one of the activities that we go through is who's not your ideal client, mm. right? What makes them not your – and how can we in our copy, in our positioning, make it really clear to them that they're not, that they should not call us. They should not sign up for our email list. Uh, in fact, in some welcome sequences that I've written, um, one of the email subject lines that I have is, please unsubscribe. And everybody's going to want to know why, what, why would you write that? So they open up the email and then the email explains, look, if you're not looking for this, this, and this, you're probably in the wrong place and therefore you should unsubscribe. However, if you are, here's what you should do next, right? Mm. And so so it's, I think, very important to show personality but also to use it in an effective way to position yourself to attract the right people and to detract the wrong people. And I, I call that – for me, that I, what I hear is that's an abundant mindset, right? If you're trying to help anyone and everyone, um, you know, it's, it's definitely kind of like – it also shows I don't know necessarily who I am and what I'm doing. Um, so you, you're laughing. What did? Oh, I'm 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 laughing because of our little uh, <laughs> escapade yesterday that uh, just just made it into the uh, into the comments. I think you probably should share that, Lois. <laughs> okay. Okay. So one of the things, and this is like if if David was going to have me on his podcast next, and he introduced me. I would say you, you you mean when when David has you okay, on his podcast. When, when David okay. has me on his podcast, forgive me. Um, one of the things you can say to introduce me is that I'm a member of this critically uh, acclaimed award winning international group called the Lois Club. And you just got to name your kid Lois, then they can join. Um, otherwise, you know, point of admission or entry is you have to have first or middle name. Lois. I think we had one dude in there. He might have been Lewis. I'm not sure. But otherwise, it's women from all over the world who have the first name or middle name, Lois. So that's the the thing. I shared that with my mastermind yesterday, just as a part of who is in my network and what organizations am I a part of and what referrals am I looking for and all sorts of different great, awesome things. And when I said that, uh, everyone in one of the breakout rooms changed their first name to Lois to support me. So it was, it was pretty, pretty amazing. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> so I well, where do you want to go next? I know, I know, I know we're tight on time. So, yes, so yes. What would let's, you like bring to do it, let's bring it home. Um, I, I do want to mention before we uh, close it out here and it, it's so much I've uh, knowledge and wisdom. I'm just going to have to have you come back again, David. Um, but I do want to invite you uh, to join me and David and Stephen, a.k.a. Lois Caffrey, um, to come to the Strategic Alliance Live. It's a three-day summit with some bonus days in there. And it's June 9th through 11th. That's where I met David. That's where I met Stephen. That's where I met some of the biggest influencers that are now 
impacting and improving my life with this amazing wisdom, which is why actually most of the guests I have this month are all from the Strategic Alliance Mastermind. So I'll drop the link below. I'll also even drop the video. You might have seen David inside of um, a video that I shared last week also with um, inviting you to come to that event. And it's going to be a ton of fun and it could be a life-changing, life-giving opportunity for you to learn about sales, marketing, speaking, lead magnets, email, all of the things that that um, really uh, also that David's really, really good at. So if you if you can, please sign up for that and also drop that YouTube video in the comments as well. So that's my only announcement. Again, if you guys saw value today, please hit the share button and uh, share it with your community. And my closing question for you, David, that I ask everyone is when you hear the phrase healthy and wealthy and wise, what does that mean to you? Well, I, I think if if you think back to the things I'm really geeky about, um, it, it that summarizes it pretty well. I, it's it's to me it means to have a full life, and I I hope that I bring a lot of excitement and energy into my life through my various passions that help make me healthier, wealthier, and wiser. Awesome, I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much, um, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you, David, for being awesome and amazing. That that went freakishly fast. So <laughs> hope you guys can tune in next week. We do have two guests next week, not one, but two. Next Wednesday is the TR, I call him the TR Garland. He's also in my mastermind. David knows him. He's going to be talking about amazing. Recently known as, recently known as Lois, Lois, by yeah. the way. Yes. <laughs> He was he was one of the Loises yesterday. So next week he'll be TR representing himself, TR Garland. That's Wednesday. It's a special show at 11 a.m. Pacific. So if you want to have another mind blowing interview, um, especially it's a special edition episode, um, come to that. And then next Friday, be prepared to laugh. I have my friend Sarah Routman, who's a laughter yoga queen, and she's she's here to make us laugh, which I know we could all benefit from in our health in our wealth and our wisdom moving forward. I apologize. <laughs> I was having so much fun with my episode with David that, look, I forgot to tell you the most important thing for your takeaways, guys, is David's free training gift. So this is called his Strategic Marketing Blueprint. So click on the link below. It's in the show notes as well as in the comments and in this YouTube video. But it's a Strategic Marketing Blueprint that maps out the exact method used by the world's most successful businesses to drive more clients and higher sales volume. Inside this free on-demand training, you'll learn how to attract the right clients. We talked about that in the podcast interview. And avoid those you don't want to work with how to easily ensure that more of your prospects do business with you, even if they're not ready to commit today. We talked about that also in the podcast episode. And how to ensure clients love you so much, they'll want to spend even more money with you over a lifetime and become your biggest advocates. So if you want that training, go to thepreparedgroup.com forward slash Lois. Again, I will put that in the comments. Again, if you see value in sharing this marketing blueprint with others, please go ahead and share this video with your community because guys, you can't have sales without marketing. You can't have marketing without sales. So again, this was Lois Kofi with Healthy and Wealthy and Wise. Here's to your best marketing strategies 
for your best sales so you can continue to enjoy your best health, your best wealth, and your best wisdom. Thanks again for tuning in. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe, refer a friend, and please drop me a rating or a review. If you do that, I'll reward you with a free 20-minute free coaching session on crafting your journey to your best self. Reach out to me at lois at loiskofi.com to claim your 20-minute slot. Until next time, be healthy, wealthy, and wise.